with part two of the Zero Hour and our look into the greatest Avengers movie. No, the greatest movie ever made, Avengers Infinity War. In our first segment, we listened to some music and began talking about how the heroes came to lose in their battles against Thanos. In this segment, we're going to talk about the battle on Titan and the journey Thor makes to forge Stormbreaker. Shortly after his ship is destroyed, Thor is found by the Guardians of the Galaxy. After they realize he's not dead and awaken him, he tells them how Thanos destroyed Xandar a week before, the very planet where the Guardians had left the Power Stone before coming after Thor and killing half of his people and taking the Space Stone. Thor then commandeers the Guardians of the Galaxy's escape pod and takes Rocket and Groot with him to head off to Nidavellir, where he can have a new weapon forged which will be able to kill Thanos. The remaining Guardians, Star-Lord, Drax, Gamora, and Mantis, head off to nowhere, where they have deduced Thanos will go to retrieve the Reality Stone, where the Asgardians left it with the Collector. The four Guardians head to nowhere, where very quickly they realize Thanos has already retrieved the Reality Stone, and he leaves them defeated while leaving with a captured Gamora. Thor, Rocket, and Groot arrive at Nidavellir, where they see the star that houses the forge has gone out, and they encounter a very angry dwarf named Itri. Itri explains how Thanos came to Nidavellir and said he would spare the dwarves if Itri made him a weapon capable of housing and channeling the power of the Infinity Stones. Itri did this to spare the dwarves, whom Thanos then killed and also cut off Itri's hands so he could never make another weapon again. Thor and Rocket get the forge started again, and while Thor holds back the full force of a star's blast to melt the Uru-enchanted metal to create Stormbreaker, he soon plummets to the space ring, where he ends up mortally wounded. In order to save him, Itri says he needs the axe, and while attempting to locate the handle, Groot severs his arm to give Stormbreaker a hilt that then flows to Thor's hand, saving his life. Right now, let's check out some of the cast of Infinity War, as we listen to an interview with them talking about the least trustworthy Avenger, right here on the Zero Hour. Have any of you seen the movie in its entirety? Nope. No. No. No one has seen it. No. Right? I haven't I've even barely read, it. read the script. Yeah. <laughs> you, even you haven't seen it. Wow. Yeah. But you know the whole script, right? Yeah, yeah. You do. Oh, do you know the you? whole script? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Tell us. Uh, I read it, too. You read the well, whole script? Yeah, I, I mean, they didn't want me to read it, and then I harassed the producers, the director. I said, I really need to read it. I really need to read it. And then they gave it to me in a, on an iPad, so I read it. But now, I think that a lot of people didn't read the script, and I'm not even sure I read the fake one or the real one. So I don't it was know. a fake script? I read that script five times, and then I kept ringing out the Russos going, you know what, I, I'm not sure. And they said, no, 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 you've read the fake one. So they finally, they put me in a room, and, and I'm dyslexic, and I sat down with this, with this iPad called Code Red, by the way. I oh, mean, if you could credit... I have credit. the same one. Exactly. So I'm reading this thing, and I, I, get, I get to the end of it, and I, I ring up Joe Russo, and I say, yeah, it had the same ending when you, you read another fake one. And I, <laughs> I, at that point, I'd given up, like, 24 hours of my life to reading a script that I was never going to make. <laughs> so, so, so That's I play. annoying, but imagine how annoying it is for the writers who are charged with writing a fake script that oh no God. one's ever going to use. It's so tough. Like, they have to sit down and bang it out and make it believable. Here, here's just, I, I, I have a, an admission to make, and I wanted to do it as a kind of a formal apology. When we had those long setups between those, I was writing fake scripts. And <laughs> <laughs> 
good. And, and uploading them. As a good, as a good company man, they indoctrinated me to the point where I was, it was like Manchurian Candidate. They, they said my first, middle, and last name, and I did whatever they wanted. Who among you is least trustworthy when it comes to the secrets? Uh... Yeah. Oh my God! Even the audience. Even they know. I heard that. I heard that rumor too. Tom, you know did you funny? tell them what happens before? So the end of the movie. No, uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. Snitches. No, I remember. End up in ditches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, the American version of that, even though we love your Britishness, is snitches get stitches. Uh, you're right. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, the funny thing is, I'd heard the rumor about the, the fake script stuff, and I was reading what I thought was a fake script because it was like Spider Man's in space. So I didn't finish it, but I, I found out it was real. <laughs> okay. I've seen 20 minutes of the movie, and Ooh. it's. Fantastic, by the way. I mean, right. really, and I'm not exaggerating to appease anybody. It is absolutely great. Wow. That 20 minutes that I saw. And I don't know what I can say. I don't even know how to react to what Tom just said there. Yeah. I mean, I really don't. <laughs> what did yeah. I just say? You said Spider-Man's in space. Oh, that thing. Right, yeah. It's really yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's like men in black. Every 20 seconds, we just wipe it. <laughs> <laughs> He's very young. <laughs> and if you get him and Ruffalo together, it's like the perfect storm. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. They, they put us two in an interview together the other day in China, and I think the only reason was so they could control the source. So that Ruffalo and I were in the same place. So if there was one leak, they just had to wipe one in. <laughs> How old were you when that first Iron Man movie came out? I would have been 11, 12. Wow. Yeah, so you're yeah. right in that wheel. Did you go see it when it... I hated it. I... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was first in line. I was first in line. Marvel, the crazy thing for me, Marvel has been such a massive part of my life, and it's now changed my life. For sure. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been a real roller coaster and a lot to get used to, but these guys, it's amazing working with these guys. I always get really choked up talking about this. Who gives you guidance? Does Robert give you guidance? He is, I mean, not, not anymore. I mean, look, he's clearly his own man now. He doesn't need... <laughs> I don't want to be bitter about it. You know what? Yeah, I, want to, I want to pivot on this. What can you tell us about Avatar? Um... <laughs> I, I mean, I can't, I can't say much, okay? Because Jim is probably somewhere, like, about to, like... Cameron's just... Yeah. Wipe me out. But um, uh, I do remember when we were shooting the very first Avatar, which I just mentioned to you during yes. the commercial break, you guys, we were shooting in Playa Vista in this little area in Los Angeles, and um, they were shooting Iron Man in the lot right next to us. And I would walk over to his lot because they had better catering. Oh, really? <laughs> That's because they take like 13 years to make a movie. They have to <laughs> feed people for like a full generation. Yes. I mean, they got better since then, and oh, you know, man. but it was. Didn't Jim Cameron, I hope I'm not confusing him with somebody else, didn't he say this week he hopes this Marvel mania goes away and dies down? Wasn't he wishing, didn't he put a pox on you guys? That's I don't know. Why are you looking at me? Because like, you know. No, I can tell you that A, you're misinformed I as am? usual. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, B, he was probably misquoted. C, I want to be in a Jim Cameron movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I just might have been. As a matter of fact, Tom and I are looking for a two-hander, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, who isn't really, if you think about it? <laughs> 
right. <laughs> and here we are. All right, so you guys, you can't be trusted. I mean, you don't, you were not entrusted with any part of the movie throughout the making of this thing. The whole thing will be, which is great because it will be a surprise to you when you go into the theater. Do you all survive the film? Are there characters that, that don't make it? I mean, it is a war. If everyone comes out, it's not that believable. Um, yeah. yeah. Moving on. You, you actually just got a little nervous, didn't you? I did. I'm really stressed right now. Oh. When we last left Iron Man, he was gaining entry to the Q-ship after thinking he had sent Spider-Man to safety in order to rescue Doctor Strange from Ebony Maw and return to Earth. Inside the Q-ship, as he tries to figure out how to save Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange's cloak and Spider-Man surprise him, and after being briefly chastised by Iron Man, the two plan how to rescue Doctor Strange. Very quickly, they figure out a way to do so, in the process expelling Ebony Maw into the depths of space, killing him. The three heroes then discuss heading to Thanos directly or returning to Earth. They decide to go directly after Thanos to stop him. Tony makes Spider-Man an official Avenger, and Doctor Strange warns the two that if it comes down to the Time Stone or either of them, he will save the Time Stone to prevent Thanos from getting it. Shortly after, the Q-ship approaches Titan, where Tony and Peter land the ship in a controlled crash while Doctor Strange protects them. Once crashed, they are very quickly assaulted by Star-Lord, Drax, and Mantis, and a short battle ensues before all six heroes realize they are on the same side. The group exits the Q-ship, and while waiting for Thanos to arrive, they discuss a plan to defeat him. While doing so, Doctor Strange uses the Time Stone to look forward into the future to see all possible outcomes of the battle to come. He views 14,500,000 different outcomes and informs Tony when he asks, how many did they win? He tells them, one. Doctor Strange, then without telling the other heroes, begins to guide them down the path to that single victory. During the initial part of the battle, Nebula, who is rescued by Gamora, arrives to aid the heroes in their battle. The group is unaware that in the interim, Thanos took Gamora, the only person who knew where the Soul Stone was, to a planet called Vormir, where he sacrificed her to gain the stone from its keeper, the Red Skull, who ended up there at the end of Captain America, the first Avenger, when he held the Tesseract. The other heroes, believing it is their plan that will win, allows them during the battle to nearly subdue the Mad Titan, before Star-Lord. After Nebula explaining that Thanos has the Soul Stone and Gamora is not with him, had killed her. Disrupts the group's hold over Thanos. Thanos, getting free, assaults the heroes by throwing a smashed Moon of Titan at them. While Spider-Man begins saving the Guardians from getting killed, Iron Man assaults Thanos one-on-one -on -one and with his Mark 50 nanotech armor almost single-handedly defeats Thanos before he is impaled. Doctor Strange assaults Thanos, and before he is defeated, and with Thanos about to kill Tony, offers him the Time Stone in exchange for sparing Tony's life, something he had earlier said he would not do. As Doctor Strange had seen this outcome, and that it leads to the Avengers eventually winning, he still does not let anyone else know, merely telling Tony after Thanos leaves, with Tony asking him why, explains simply, there was no other way. So while this group of heroes came close to beating Thanos, they were left battered and defeated on the planet of Titan. Right now, let's listen to some of the cast of the movie as they compare themselves to different meets on Conan O'Brien, right here on the Zero Hour. Who among you do you concede is the most attractive? Is there just a, a general acceptance that one of you is more attractive than the other? I think it's the overall consensus of sexiness. Yeah. yeah it's just about what you like. Some people like pork chops. 
Some people like T-Bone. You know what I mean? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, I don't know what you mean. Uh, you know. What are you talking about? I mean, you know, some people vegetarian. Some people like a steak. You know what I mean? Can I just I guess that, that Chris is the pork chop? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Who uh, likes pork chops? I like pork chops. That's good. Pork chop is good. People like pork chops. It's not the most ordered item. Huh? People love the steak. <laughs> yeah. That's the most ordered item. They love item. the steak. They love the lean meat. But yeah. I think the marbling, that tastes good. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> Dim lights. You like a little fatty. Right. You don't like a little bacon. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> we are, we're talking we are about comparing our bodies to food items. Different taste. Saying that some, and he asks who's the most attractive, and, he, and it's like, you know, it's like saying what's the best thing on the menu. Yeah. Basically, we're beefcakes. Uh, we're talking about It's how. like you go to a barbecue, you might want a little bit of salmon. You know, you might want You're a salmon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why did you get to be salmon? Why are you suddenly the one with the most omega fatty acid. Because so, I'm good for you. I'm good to ingest. I'm good to to enjoy. Okay. You know, sounds like you're. You sound like you're the <laughs> yeah. the part where the poop comes out of the cow. <laughs> All right, no wait. It's <laughs> the bullshit. So you would then be Mr. Hemsworth would be the steak. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's a wagyu steak. He's a He's whatever whatever. Yeah. He wins. Do you no, see why I was so what? happy when more female characters? Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't. No, you guys think that's why we need more women. Feel like like these are the kind of women like that all day, every day. Call this was it. Yeah. I'm a wagyu steak. Like I'm a pork chop. So, like, Scarlett, it used to be you. You were the only. It used to be you were the only woman on the set, and this was the only conversation was men comparing themselves to different. It was all beef all the time. Scarlett is definitely a sweet potato. What? That's the healthy no. car. Yeah, yeah. You give energy. You're high in fiber. Jeez, you taste better with brown sugar and butter on you. Oh my God. You do. Let me, uh, I've been. More women. None of this, this, by the way, relax. This doesn't air. This is never. I got a signal about five minutes ago that this wasn't going to air. So now you should just enjoy yourself. The point I was trying to make is that in Thor Ragnarok, they rip your eye off and they mess up your hair and still. You seem to be as handsome, which enrages me. Oh. It doesn't that, is that not the truth? I mean, it gorges you. I think you got the, the word wrong. <laughs> well, it was, I knew that there was a, a feeling of excitement yeah. and a real high level of something. Yeah, yeah. You might have been a sexual Same fact. with me. Yeah. See? I get it too. That's the fatty meat. Oh, God. This is unairable. It's unairable. These are. There's like uh, $8 billion worth of talent in the room, and it's unairable. Uh, I take responsibility for that. Publicists are just rushing out of the room right now. One thing about listening to these actors in these interviews is you can see just how well all of them get along and enjoy being around each other. This must have made this an amazing movie to work on. Imagine the fun all of these heroes being gathered together on screen for the very first time and while Captain America Civil War had given us a very large cast, it was nothing compared to this one, which in turn would be nothing compared to what Avengers Endgame would have. In the next and final segment, in our look at Infinity War, we will look at how the rest of the Avengers fared in their battle in Wakanda, and just how outmatched they were when Thanos finally did show up. And we will show just how they ended up in Wakanda after hearing from Bruce when he called. 
I'm also going to explain just why I believe this is quite literally the best MCU film of the entire Infinity Saga, and why it could be argued to be one of, if not the greatest movie ever made. In the meantime, you guys really need to follow us at facebook.com slash superlative radio, find the Zero Hour Facebook page, and like, and comment, and follow, and all that really cool stuff. Then once you do that, you need to head over and support us at patreon.com slash superlative radio. I mean, come on. We have three amazing shows, and for just a dollar per show each month, you can help support us as creators to keep bringing these amazing shows to you. I mean, that's cheaper than one of those crazy Starbucks coffees I'm sure most of you out there drink. Then finally, head on over to superlativeradio.com slash shop and buy a zero-hour t-shirt. Or hell, I'll even settle for you picking up a Superlative Radio t-shirt, or even a mug, or better yet, a sweatshirt, or a pair of yoga pants. But seriously, time to show off how much you love this show. I mean... Just how awesome are we that we bring this amazing content at this quality each week? Remember, we have two shows, The Country Goldmine and Vinyl on Chrome, airing on over 85 radio stations across Canada. That's quite the feat. We'll be back in segment three after this short break for an earth-crushing defeat by Thanos, right here on The Zero Hour. So don't go away. <laughs> 